You are listening to Unbreakable Success, episode 45. Welcome to Unbreakable Success, where each episode gives you the experts and perspectives to evolve your success in mind, body, and wealth. My name is Aaron Keith Hawkins, and I have over 20 years of leadership experience as a public servant and as an entrepreneur. And now, my mission is your success. Hey everybody, thanks again for joining me for another episode of Unbreakable Success. Before we get going in this episode, I wanted to take a quick second to speak to you mission-driven entrepreneurs out there because I want to share with you the opportunity to meet with me live at a live event I'm hosting called Unbreakable Success Live. Now, this will be an opportunity for you to master your confidence, make more and stronger connections, both with the clients and people that you're looking to serve and the peers that are like-minded that are building their own businesses. Because if there's anything I've learned in recent years is that we cannot do this alone as entrepreneurs. Do not settle for living in a bubble because if you get that wrong, you're gonna be treading water for a long time. So take advantage of the community, the learning, and the strategies, and the implementation that we'll be working on at Unbreakable Success Live. You can find out all about it at AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash live. All right, welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Success. I'm Aaron Heath, Keith Hawkins. I got my name wrong. Did I just get my name wrong, Elizabeth? <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a first. <laughs> We're very lucky today to have a really special guest. Uh, Elizabeth McCourt, she, among many things, she's a leadership expert and coach, a TEDx speaker, now a, a new fiction author, we'll get into that I'm sure, uh, an adventurer, an attorney. Uh, Elizabeth, you've kind of done all of it right now, so rather than me muck up the storyline of all these amazing <laughs> things that you keep doing, you, you make me feel very unbusy. I'll let you, I'll let you kind of tell us oh. what you're up to lately. Great. Well, I always say, you know, I never realized that I had a nonlinear path to success, but yeah. I happen to have done a lot of different things. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm a, I'm still a young person. What can I say? Uh, but like, um, yeah. currently, I am a leadership expert and I do uh, global leadership development uh, with some international uh organizations such as INSEAD, the World Economic Forum, and ESMT, which is the Berlin Business School, which is really a thrill. Nice. And then I also do professional speaking. I speak on resilience and mindset and leadership. And then I also, in addition to doing a lot of nonfiction writing, um, yeah. last year was an awesome year because my novel got picked up. And so I'm actually yes. going to be a novelist yes. sh shortly, which is really a thrill. It's a yeah. personal passion of mine. I, I, yeah, we definitely got to talk about that shortly. Um, spoiler alert, her book is awesome. At least the <laughs> big chunk of it that I read is, is pretty awesome. So we'll definitely talk about that. Well, uh, Elizabeth, I'm excited to have you here. I, I'm certainly grateful that you took some time out of your, your busy schedule to share with uh, me and the, and the listeners of the show, and I, I can't wait to jump in where we're, we're going to get into. And I, I got to say, everyone, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, she has one of one of my favorite TEDx talks uh, is the one that uh, Elizabeth did. It's called Why You Should Spill Your Secrets. Uh, it was a few years ago, but it, it still resonates. It's one of those timeless ones, so... Uh, Thank you, Aaron. No, you're, you're very welcome. As soon as, uh, for everybody listening, definitely, um, if you go to AaronKeithHawkins.com and type in Elizabeth, uh, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H. I did spell that right, I think. You did. Okay. You did. <laughs> uh, if you type Elizabeth in the search bar, it'll take you to our episode, and I'll make sure I link up 
that talk uh, along with all the other ways to get a hold of Elizabeth. But before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, what's if you had to answer that question of what you do, you know, what do you do right now? Um, what's what's the main thing on your plate right now that really gets you waking up in the morning? You know, I, I think about this a lot. And what it's really come down to is two simple things. I work with good people who mm. also believe themselves to be resilient. And the other thing I do is I'm, I'm a no BS kind of gal. And yeah. I help people get real with who they are so that they can be the kind of leaders and the kind of people and achieve what they want to achieve in this world. I love it. Two simple things, right? Very awesome. Very awesome. And very, very powerful, but simple things, of of course. So how did this all, and and we're going to try to squeeze this. We were joking before we started recording today. Uh, We're going to try to squeeze this into a normal sized episode, but how did your work evolve? Because you literally have so many things on your site. Um, that it kind of makes you scratch your head and say, how? You know, and like the icing on the the cake is adventurer. I'm like, really? Adventure (laughs) on top of everything else? Like, who are you? But honestly, how did did this all get started for you? You know, once once adulthood came and you started going to school, like how did this journey, this evolution progress for you to what you're up to today? I think I was always a very fortunate person and my parents are really supportive and making sure I would be an independent and confident woman and that I could achieve whatever I wanted to achieve, no matter how big or how lofty. And so that's um, another thing they instilled in me is is being resilient, too. So I think part of the reason why I've done a lot of things or I've tried a lot of things and not everything has worked but that yeah. I, I do have the ability to screw up, pick myself up, dust off, and and try again. And so, yeah. um, I'm not uh, I'm not going to say I'm a crazy risk taker. I'm definitely a calculated risk taker. Okay. But I I do believe that, you know, you can make an impact in this world. And I think that my work has all been leading up to the work I'm currently doing. Um, being a coach and mm. someone who really helps people achieve what they want to achieve has been a thread through my entire career. Yeah. And the fact that I get to do it in in a few different ways that really light me up is I, I feel so lucky all the time. I, I kind of turn around sometimes after I've done some work and I'm, I'm like, wow, this is what I get to do. I, I get to do this work that's impactful, makes so cool. a difference. It's, you know, it's really... I feel, I feel so fortunate and so lucky. That's so cool. And you, and you really hit on a, a very, very uh, key point when you talked about, you know, being able to being able to screw up and just pick yourself back up and keep going. That's that's probably one of the probably one of the most underrated lessons out there, isn't it? I mean, because it, it, people a lot of times it's very easy, myself included in, in, in that discussion. A lot of times when things don't work out, you know, our little egos get hurt none of us like to make these mistakes but you're you you hit the nail on the head when the faster you get back up and keep going the better off you're being you're definitely a good example no it's it's true i was gonna say for me trust me not everything has worked out as i've imagined i have i have a collection of stories (laughs) of things not working out so well but um i think the important thing is to 
I don't know. I, I don't give that myself that much time to mope. Yeah. I, you know, I take a moment and I can cry it out if I need to. And then I get a choice. You know, we get a choice. I think that's the thing is it's, it's our own choice to either go forward or to wallow. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my choice is always, my choice is always life and forward and, and positivity and, and, and sort of in the, in adversity, I always try and choose the positive. Great. Great stuff. Great advice. So how did this, professionally, how did this start out for you? Because I know you're an attorney. Was, was that the beginning of your, if we're going to call it a professional journey, was that the beginning of it for you, the, the legal work? Yeah, I, well, I did have a short little stint in investment banking yeah. in New York City, and then that led me to being a trial lawyer in New Mexico, okay. and then I got back to New York, I say, I think it's temporarily 18 years ago, my father was very ill, mm. was dying, and I came back temporarily and accidentally tripped into recruiting uh, okay. in financial services, and just being a lawyer in New York wasn't wasn't something that was going to work for me because I actually I took the I took the bar exam and I failed the bar in the New York bar exam. No. <laughs> yes. No. no, I read your bio. That's not in there. <laughs> no, I, I don't advertise that. Aaron. I'm telling you because I just sort of we talked about failure, so I did not pass the New York bar exam, and and in a way for me that was that was actually probably a blessing because yeah. I don't think I would have wanted to be a lawyer in New York. I had a very interesting practice in New Mexico. Okay. And so I accidentally tripped into financial services recruiting, which was an extremely lucrative career for me for yeah. um, for about, well, I still do a little bit of it, for uh, 17 years. Wow. I did that. So it was very, very lucrative. It was really about um, it was about money, it's com full commission-based business. You get mm -hmm. a lot of rejection, but the rewards are great. And I got to a point where I wanted more than that, that the I really needed every year to make a choice. Did I need want to go on my own and mm -hmm. make an impact, or was I better off staying with my company? And one year, I knew that I needed to leave, that this was not what I wanted to do with my life. And so wow. then I knew I needed to make a change, which was hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that's 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 interesting, and it's it's a common thread, I guess, all of us to some degree go to is for at least that tickling decision of you know is this something that I want to keep doing or do I need to make that transition to someone else? It's a common theme uh, amongst many of the people that I want to meet, and a lot of people that actually that come on the show. How did that? What sparked that though? Because you're you're doing well. You're you're financially you're doing well in the career you had. What was it? Was there anything in particular that made you start questioning? Should I keep going with this, or was it just like a an under like an underlying feeling? I, I think every year, especially in your commission based recruiting, it's sort mm -hmm. of the does the pressure of the job outweigh the benefit, and that's mm -hmm. always. That's always a choice, you know, and for a while, certainly um, financial prosperity, I think that can mask a lot of other different issues because yeah. you can just focus on the money. Yeah. And then there just became a point where I had an epiphany that is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Is mm. this the impact? It sounds very, I'm a little overly dramatic. For me, it was very <laughs> a dramatic moment, but it just felt like 
this, I, the thought of doing that for the rest of my life yeah. just brought me to tears. Mm. And the, the risk of starting my own business and, you know, coaching and speaking and writing and doing what I had always had a passion of doing yep. felt terrifying but also something I had to do because yeah. not when I thought about not doing it, yeah. that's when I felt was would be true failure to yeah. not try to do it, to not take that risk, to not see what would happen. That was the failure. So mm. I, I started making uh, preparations to leave. That is a powerful lesson definitely know that that feeling and I think a lot of people can relate and you know I know you're joking about being dramatic but that's that question is one that in my opinion need that we need to ask ourselves more often than we do you know even when we're even if we're in the midst of doing something we love you know that's just a great yeah. question do I want to be doing this for the rest of my life because even if the answer whether the answer is yes or no at least you're thinking because you're thinking about your own evolution, your own your own journey, your own progress, your own season. Because you know we may do something that we absolutely love and feel passionate about for five years, ten years, fifteen years, or decades. It doesn't mean we always have to do it. And I think that's a box that, sadly, too many people put themselves into. Um, but I, I love being able to, to connect with people like you that, that yeah. are willing to ask that question, realize that the answer for you was no. And then, like, you, I love how you said it, you de decided to make preparations. <laughs> mm -hmm, I did. So, so what, did, did. what did that look like for you? What, what, was, that, what was that preparation about when it came well, to Well, you know, it's starting? funny because I call myself a practical-minded creative, and I yeah. kind of instill that in, in people I work with as well because um, I, I don't feel like if you don't go all in tomorrow – that you are not committed to whatever it is you're doing. Sometimes it has to be a little bit of a side hustle for a yeah, little bit of, you know, sure. a little while. You know, get that momentum, get that experience, make sure it's something you want to do. So that's what I did. I did um, before I left to start my own firm. I started coaching a few years before. Okay. And I got um, specialized coach training because I'm also kind of an academic nerd. I wanted to do it right. <laughs> I really wanted to get training and do it properly uh -huh. and, um, and just get that experience. And I loved, I, I loved the training. I thought it was both personally transformative and then professionally transformative too, because originally I will tell you, I teased myself into, I was just doing job development. I was just mm -hmm. trying to improve my current job by doing this particular training. So I, I, in the beginning, I teased myself that I wasn't going to leave. I was just going to improve my job. Okay. You lied to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. If you're going to lie to anybody, let it be yourself. That's all right. Yeah. I don't I think, think that counts. Just, you know, building towards that commitment because yeah. that's a lot less scary, right? Just to get some training and yep. to really enjoy that training and to do coaching on the side and to have it, and certainly it does enhance the work that I do, so that wasn't untrue, but <laughs> I think it did, it sort of got to a point, like at the TED Talk, when I did the TED Talk, I yeah. knew I was leaving, I knew I was leaving my, my job in, yeah. shortly after that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I recall that, I recall your talk very vividly, and you, you looked pretty liberated up there. <laughs> Thank um, you. Honestly, it, it, you looked like somebody who was, who, looked relaxed and and was on a was on a path so to speak not to be melodramatic but 
Uh, it definitely, it definitely seemed that way. So you got the coaching training under your belt. Uh, went to uh, you went to CTI, didn't you? I did. I went to CTI, which is you know really great. I just it was a perfect match for me. Yeah. So so once you got that under your belt, you're doing some coaching for a while. When was it a time to you know kind of take that next step as far as your your career independence? Well, it's interesting because being in a commission-based business, you do have to be strategic about when you leave because mm-hmm. you're always, you know, a deal flow going on. And yeah. and I had some actually. I luckily I have some really good support uh, with my my friends and family because that's yeah. also key to have you know support of your partner, support sure. of your friends. And so, and I wasn't happy. I mean, the honest truth is, I worked in a very toxic environment a very Mm. stressful environment and it was starting to actually affect my health a little bit Mm. wow so um because i had uh as i say i got i actually got believe it or not i got shingles before i gave the ted talk oh gosh no way yeah but i don't think it was the ted talk i think it was the undue stress i was in for my job yeah combined with that so it was just a very intense time and even my my best friend was like, um, okay, you got shingles now. So we're going to have to take a bat and tell you you just need to leave. Sometimes you're going to have to walk away <laughs> yeah. from, you're going to have to walk away from some kind of a deal. Wow. And, and so it was just mostly about strategic and mental preparation and laying the groundwork a little bit. Obviously I couldn't fully establish my business working in another business is I just yeah. didn't have the bandwidth to do that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to jump cold. I wanted to be, you know, prepared and comfortable and kind of knowing what I had to do and knowing what it would take to to rebuild my, you know, my income stream. Yeah, that's that is such a tricky dance that I know many people, especially people listening to the show, either have or are thinking about going through or have been through it or, you know, hopefully not too many people have fumbled it. What is what is some of the best advice you can give somebody in that scenario that's that's. You know, it, it, it's it's crazy. You got me thinking about this this health issue that the our previous episode was with uh, Danielle Larocque, and her, she's actually a coach that her her whole the basis of her coaching is largely about healing by following your calling and mm. how she has she has all these clients who have it kind of happened her her mission kind of evolved by happenstance because she had these clients that had health issues. And when they changed what they were doing or found things that energized them, like you finding and recognizing what you really want to be doing with yourself, uh, and whether it be career or anything else, and engaging in it, their health got better. So, uh, I'm sorry, I had to do a sidebar because I couldn't stop thinking no, about it's, it. It's, it was the last interview I, think, I just did. Yeah, and it's, I out. think it's very true. I think I'm, I look the same, but people see in me that I look different because yeah. I'm doing what I love to do. Yeah. And... And I will say as a recommendation, I mean, I got some great advice from friends that were entrepreneurs. I I had and continue to have a coach of my own because I think it's very important to continue with personal development and mentorship. Absolutely. And so I I, I recommend a side hustle. I Mm -hmm. recommend reading a lot Mm -hmm. and talking to a lot of people who are maybe 
in the business that you want to explore mm-hmm. or are leaders that you admire in some way and getting some advice. And certainly if you're going into entrepreneurship, then definitely talk to entrepreneurs because they will, if you get someone to really tell you the, the truth, it's yeah. sort of, you're going to jump into it and it's going to evolve and you're going to think it's going to be one thing. And of course, to build an income stream, it's yeah. not doesn't it doesn't happen in two months. It doesn't it might not even happen in a year or two years, depending on what kind of business you're in. So, yeah. can you do you have enough practical savings and support of your partner, your family that you can actually you can actually do that? So, I I believe in doing both. There's the passion of what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. and there's the practicality. So. Can you balance both so that you are make a smart, strategic decision? Very good, very good advice. I totally agree with that uh, for sure. You know, as somebody who's had both feet and or you know, foot in two different careers, I agree. Number one, you definitely got to be learning. If you're not learning and reading like crazy, you are kidding yourself to think that you're going to make it. Both reading about your craft and reading about your development, and definitely, um, you know, Elizabeth, you're talking about getting getting a coach. One of, the, one of the worst things to do is to try to go it alone, I think. So I, I, I agree with you there. You know, whether you use a, a coach or a mastermind or both. Yeah, and just both have are a, great. Have, yeah, have a team ar- around you. So uh, when did you start, When for you, when did, it, when did you realize you were starting to get some, some traction and you realized, you know what, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing and I can make this move? See, I think, or it's like within the business or starting the business, I think I just, I had the support of my family and friends. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking that's, I would say that's what the greatest gift of my life is that I have these amazing uh, friends and family who are are really just inspiring, supportive, not, and they give me tough love too. So I, I just knew by my own worth ethic that I've been taught and how I had built my recruiting business yeah. and and other things that I had failed at, I just know that I'm kind of like a bulldog. Like if I want to do something, if I say I'm going to do something, then I am not one to just sit back and wait for it to fall from the sky. I am willing to get dirty and do yeah. the work. Nice. So I think my, my work ethic, I was very confident in that and that really helped me knowing that no matter what, I was going to make it happen. Very nice. Very cool. So, well, it's it's good to see you doing what you're doing now. You're running McCourt Leadership Group. Um, I know you do coaching. What do you, what do you enjoy most about coaching? Uh, what aspect of it really gets you going? What do you enjoy about coaching? Well, I love... I love connecting with people in a deep way. And when someone, when you can see someone have that epiphany or aha moment where they recognize something about themselves, yeah, yeah, then that feels like success. I had a client last week say to me, gosh, I just knew I could do this because like integrity is one of my values. We've talked about that. And I just stood strong in that. And I thought, Gosh, like people do learn. Like it's so yeah. it's it's very validating when you know that that someone really takes something and stands strong and confident with it and goes forward. That is just as a coach, you just you want to see you want to see them fly. Like I want someone to not need me to to get what they need and then be able to fly with that. Yeah, that that is 
That is amazing. That's it. To me, that's uh, that's leadership in a nutshell. My my graduate degree was leadership, so I, I do give mm-hmm. leadership a lot of thought. And uh, gosh, uh, I'm I'm with you right there. When when you want them to not need you, like yeah. you're, you're really doing a good job as a leader when when they aren't dependent on dependent on you anymore. Not to say that everybody anybody's ever going to have everything figured out. But yes, uh, helping people make a, a transition about the way they feel about themselves—that's that's definitely priceless. So that's that's Absolutely. pretty cool. So how, I gotta ask you this: So you go from the the work you were doing, you know, uh, as an attorney working in finance, uh, financial recruiting, and then you work on this transition, and, and you um, you find a way to transition into your own business, and now. You have a novel, a <laughs> fiction novel, <laughs> sent in the big, big easy. I said we were going to touch on this. We have to. What the heck? <laughs> I know. I know. I had someone say to me recently, how the heck are you going to spin this? Yeah. You're a leadership expert. You wrote a novel, a fictional yeah. legal thriller. And I, I said, it. well, you know, it's perfect because... The talk that I have to go with the novel is called How to Write a Novel in 15 Years or Less. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Because that's really, I I could make it longer because I found a notebook from, I don't know, second grade and I wrote my first book, but the cat named Katie, but I don't think that would be a, you know, I don't think I could sell that. But I've been writing in chapters since I was a child. And I started, I believe in... Uh, flexing the creative part of your brain through whatever is your art. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my, I love to look at art because that inspires me to write because writing is my art. And so I I got an MFA and started working on my novel for for pleasure a yeah. very long, you know, uh, 15 years ago. And I got an MFA, completed it in 2011, and then uh, experienced a ton of rejection as one would with fiction. Yeah, and thwarted myself obviously over uh, the 15 years gave myself permission to quit so there's Mm -hmm. a leadership lesson in there (laughs) can you give yourself permission to quit and does it call you back Mm. and every time it called me back and did I also need to sort of get over myself of that it wasn't good enough? It yeah. wasn't going to be smart enough. People were going to think I was dumb. Uh, how would I spin this? Like I had all those fears that one does have in business, and I was experiencing it through my writing until I got to the point where I just said, you know what? Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. And I'm okay with that. And that's when it kind of fell into place, and I met someone they asked if I could see it. They liked it. They said, can I pitch it? They pitched it. They sent me a contract. And it happened all kind of serendipitously for me wow. publishing this novel. So it's, it's, it's a long-time project and a total dream of mine. So if I can entertain some people, that's you know that's the goal. I, I love this because when people think of it's inevitable and i think it's just part of the human construct we we tend to think in you know these these boxes and these frameworks and like you are a leadership expert so this is the type of person you are and this is what you do this is how you spend your spare time and for for, for you to take on something as as big as a novel cuz this 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 isn't like a little 50 page quick short story this is a 
novel with many different characters. I've, I started reading it, uh, for you listeners, I've started reading this book and I, and I couldn't put it down literally for hours. And I, I, oh, it's I, so I, nice, Aaron. Thank no, you. it's the truth. And you know, I emailed you I yelling know. at you, blaming you for, for ruining my productivity that night because I just got sucked into this story. And I thought to myself, and you know, I got, pardon me, Elizabeth, I'm going to talk to the listeners for a second. <laughs> I'm a Stephen King diehard reader. I love the complexity of his stories. I couldn't tell you how many Stephen King books I've read because I honestly have no idea what the count is. I started reading them when I was 19, and so that was, you know, a year ago. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but I've been reading them for a couple of decades, and I've been spoiled by his narratives, his just ability to create something um, believable as you're reading. And when I started reading your novel, uh, I had no expectations. I just wanted to see what you created. I was just like, wow, I can't believe she made a novel like this. And yeah, I I got into it and and I finally put it down. I'm like, wait, who am I reading? (laughs) It's it's really... (laughs) It is a brilliant story, and it's 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 not self helpy. It's it's a well. I'll, I'll let you describe the type of story. It's a legal thriller. Would you would be the genre? Yeah, I would say it's a legal thriller, and it's also a story about this character. And I'd say a pre reader gave me a great uh, compliment. I thought she said, "You know, I love your main character because." She's trying to solve this big case, but she doesn't have any superpowers. She's just yeah. she's also struggling with the same stuff we all struggle with. So yep. I was rooting for her. I wanted to see what happened. And I thought, wow, that's exactly the character I wanted to create. Yeah. A flawed character yes. that you want to root for. Yeah. I was just gonna say that she's she's this is not some cookie cutter, you know, perfect self-help person. That's the the main character in the story. She's flawed. She's, she's done some, some bad stuff, but she's, she wants to do the right thing um, by her client. And I don't want to give this, this story away, yeah, but yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a great book. And the, it, as I always say, the case of her life that goes south. And yeah. if she doesn't figure out the truth of the case and her life, um, it will all fall apart. Yeah. It's 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 real. It's a very real story, and I I think it, it's you know I commend you because you can tell that you've been through a journey of of a lot of real life scenarios, and I think all your all your background in, in leadership and as an attorney, and because you were you were you were a trial attorney at one point, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, so all of that kind of blends in, you know, because you could someone could easily read it and think, you know, how the heck does this person have so much insight in all these things? Because you. You did everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like to say when people ask me, I said, it is not my story. Yeah. You know, this is, I am not the main character, but every character, I wanted every single character, good and bad, to mm-hmm. have a piece of me. Yeah. So that it would feel real and authentic. Yeah. So that was my, that was my goal. So it, I always say good and good and bad. Yeah. I, I had to feel, I had to feel something so I could write it. It's it's pretty amazing. I haven't finished it yet, so don't spoil anything for me or the listeners. But I, I gotta ask: this has been fifteen years in the making. Mm-hmm. How how long ago was this story in its raw form finished? Like in its rawest, like where you where you could say you had a full story. 
Well, I completed it in a finished product in 2011. Okay. So because it was part of my MFA, I had to have finished it in late 2010. Okay. Wow. All right. But it, it definitely evolved. It evolved from the, the bones of the story were the same, but obviously it's been edited a gazillion yeah. times of course. since then. And so it evolved from it evolved from that. Wow. And now when you started this, was it was it just for pure for the sake of passion or did you know you wanted to release this as a as a you know, maybe a second career as a novelist or was this just you just wanted to write for the sake of writing it and then see I, where it goes? Yeah, I always had a dream of writing a book. Yeah. And the book that I started um the book that I started is not the book that is in your hands. It was okay. a very different story that went through many, many fits and starts before I found my voice. Yeah. And when I started, actually, I started having fun writing the character. That's yeah. when the story started to flow. But I did, I, I toiled and struggled. I did not know what the story was going to be. I think I had an idea of what it was, quote unquote, supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and it just really wasn't working. And, and I think that's the thing with writing or any creative endeavor yeah. um, or any even entrepreneurship yeah. that you might have to try a couple of things that don't work so well until you find what does work well. Yes. And then more of that. Yes. I, lo- I, I love it. I, and you, you make a perfect point, you know, because I was going to say that is such a business lesson, uh, a life lesson, really, that. You kind of got to be willing, like if you know you want to do something, you you have to be willing to, and I think I said this a few episodes ago, you got to be willing to suck, quite frankly. And, you do. And you, you, <laughs> like you got to be willing to just start something and see how it looks without judgment and just observe and see what you put out there because then you can start refining, uh, etc. I'm sure, I'm sure your first version was excellent, so I'm not using you as an example, but for me... Oh, I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I know for sure, you know, I think one of the best lessons I've learned is is that I, I, with everything from the day I first started my website to starting this, this show and from, you know, my first interviews to this one, all of us have to be willing to evolve. And the fact that we have to be willing to evolve means that we have to be willing to do something that at some point will be inevitably improved upon. Absolutely. And, and that is, Absolutely. That, that I, and I think a lot of times, you know, and I'm sure some listeners got to be shaking their head when it comes to business life or any context of, you know, their day to day. We we tend to hesitate too much because we're worried about, well, I couldn't do that because you could easily said, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a novelist. I'd like to write a novel, as many people would say, but you could easily said it's not my thing because and you would have been you would have been right. You would have been yeah. correct, but it doesn't mean that w- it would have been the right thing to do. Um, so for you to put yourself, boldly put yourself out there and, and be willing to create something that I can tell you right now turned out amazing. Um, that, Thank you. Well, I say, and, and let's not forget, it is really true. I start, it's, it was a 15-year process yeah. for this book, and I certainly hope I'm working. I was pitching another nonfiction book that I've been working on. I certainly hope that it doesn't take even a third as long to write the next book. 
I, I I doubt it will. I doubt it will. You did you did some amazing stuff in, in the with this one. So um, yeah, send in the big easy, everyone. If uh, you got to make sure you pick that up. It's it's avail. Is it available yet? Or it's actually it's coming out on March six, but okay. it's available today. Actually, is well, I guess whenever this airs, it's now available both in Kindle and in paperback. Okay. Um, okay. But it will be fully released on March six, twenty eighteen. So, okay, for sure. Um, so it's super exciting. Okay, cool. So if you're if you're listeners, if you're if you're hearing this right now, I think yeah, I think this should be it should be released already. So make sure you check it out, and even if it's not, you said it's already available on Kindle. Yeah, you can. Well, you can you can pre-order it. Okay, it won't, you can pre-order. it won't fully race, but it's it's available for order on Amazon. Okay, just just go to Amazon, everybody. Type "sin" in the big easy, and uh, check it out. You 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 won't be let down. So I I I I got it. I gotta ask. How many more are in your head? I gotta ask. Just stories, <laughs> just novels. You, you don't have to. You don't have to tell this me the titles novel? or anything. Just. You got. Um, I know you I, have more than one more idea in your head of a book I, to write. You know, I was in I was in Europe for work uh, in December, which is you know another. I felt so great about that, but I started writing. I started writing another book in when I was in Europe, and I also <laughs> have. I know. I, knew I also have an, another book um, that I have a proposal almost done. I have to tweak it, but I've been a little distracted by this book. But I have a non. I have a nonfiction book about the nonlinear path to leadership, which is my path. Mm. So I have a nonfiction book about that that is um, in process. So that's also very exciting because I want to be a writer who writes and I don't want to be pigeonholed into only being a novelist because I do publish a lot of my, I publish mostly nonfiction lately. So, um, for sure, that's that's awesome. I can't I can't wait to number one. I can't wait to finish this one, and and I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of you next. <clears throat> and I I know I gotta believe that you're. Well, let me ask you this: <clears throat> your the fact that you do so much and you've done so much creative fiction writing. That how does it help you? Or do you think it helps you in a, on a practical basis in your leadership coaching and that that type of work? Well, I do think that I think we have to flex both sides of our brain. Mm-hmm. And because for me, I, I never want to get stagnant. I never yeah. want to be asking the same questions or doing the same things. I want to keep things dynamic. Yeah. And for me, flexing that creative part of my brain, uh, you know, even I would say even sports too, doing sports yeah. is important. But just just flexing a different part of my body and my brain helps me with the focus of creative problem solving and creative yeah. thinking and strategic thinking. So I do think they go hand in hand. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think they're different, but I think it's really important to step away. If, especially if you have a problem you're trying to solve and you, you can't figure it out, you know, do something different, listen to music, go yeah. for a bike ride, uh, look at art, do some writing, like any other thing you can do to give your brain um, a different like jumping jack or flex, yep. then come back, then come back to the problem and see what might be available yeah. from a different perspective. Totally, totally agree. I think that mental exploration is is so helpful. I, and I, I, you know, I don't like to assume too much, but I, I, I figured that there would be you would you would have found a correlation where this <laughs> the, the creativity certainly helps, especially like you said with problem solving, because you know. Like you said, you gotta. The, the more you expand your horizons and you explore uh, alternative realities, so to speak, uh, it's got to help with real, real world problems. 
So that's that's pretty cool. And it, gosh, time's flying. Um, but I do want to. I do got to ask you this, Miss Adventurer. What's your what is your what is your favorite adventure activity? And I, I know you've done some marathons, I believe. Yeah, well, one marathon that okay. I did in New York, but I'm a, I'm a triathlete, so I okay. do I do medium long distance. I do half Ironman triathlon and other shorter distances. So that's uh, that's one of my fun adventures to do that kind of thing. Very and cool. um, I also before that, when I lived in New Mexico, I was rock climber. Um, so I just, I was part of the rock climbing community there. I wouldn't think I was the best rock climber, but I, as you can imagine, I was a tenacious and I was willing to try anything kind of rock climber because I was fortunate to have very talented people willing to take me along. Nice. The old Tom Cruise mission impossible on the side of the big <laughs> flat face there, hanging out, looking at the clouds. I can, I can see it. Yep. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Well, and listen, then travel. Travel's my other adventure. I love travel. to travel. Cool. Nice. What what's what's been your what's been your top destination so far that you've been to and why? Uh, one of my favorite destinations was Nepal. Mm. I trekked to Annapurna for several, I guess three weeks with four really super cool Australian guys who became like my brothers. We just trekked Cool. For this, you know, crazy long period of time, and uh, it was right after my father died, so mm. it was really me getting back to myself and and just meeting these three awesome people that it, we just had an incredible, incredible special time together as friends and a support system. People looked at us like we were crazy because we had been <laughs> together for so long, but it yeah. was very a very special time, and and Nepal is a very special place, a very spiritual place. Very cool. Very cool. Listen, I, I would, I'm going to try to respect your time. So uh, if you're okay with it, I'd, I'd love to nail down a few last questions, even though I'd love to, Absolutely. Keep, I'd love to keep going with this. Absolutely. So, awesome. What's, what is something, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to deal with either now or in a recent past um, professionally or personally? And, and what was the challenge and, and how did you overcome it and get through it? Oh, it's always such a good question. There's a collection of challenges. And I think one of them is maybe just finding the direction of when I said that you have to try a bunch of things in your entrepreneurial world and see what really works and what sticks. And, And I think for me... Um, it's it's finally become more clear in what I'm doing and the type of work I want to do with the global leadership development. And that is once you decide what to do, yeah. I think that it also it comes to you. So I think I think it's just be willing to put yourself out there. Um, and so that's why I was willing to do that. I felt that was a challenge to, yeah. in a way, reinvent myself mm-hmm. in a way. And, and this direction was... You know, it wasn't easy at first. It was quite a, a transition to do that and to to be very well known in an industry that I'm still currently uh, known in and mm-hmm. still do a little work with, but also do the other, you know, the other kind of work I do. So that's, I think that's, it just takes time. Yeah, time, time is definitely a, a big thing. What, what, what would be your, like, your follow-up advice if somebody said, okay, how do I narrow down, you know, if somebody else is like, like, you, know, you and I, who have multiple interests, how do you how how do you what's your best advice to narrow that focus down so that it can be so that progress can be made? Because it's great to have all these different ideas, but 
you know, to, to choose one to work on at least for a season to get some traction. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, like I said, I'm always going to the practical. Like, first of all, like, what are you really, what are you really good at? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, just determine, like, what are you really good at and write that down. And then, you know, what kind of work can you do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be, like, for you and I, it's different. But for anyone, like, you have to really think about the practicality of it. Is this something that you could do as a side hustle? Is is this another company you need to work at? Like, what is what is the work that you can do with this? Or mm-hmm. is it just a hobby? Yeah. So yeah. those are my sort of my two small steps what yeah. is it that you're really really good at nice i, I love it and, and certainly if it's just a hobby there's nothing wrong with that you know absolutely we can, not we can go down the, the rabbit hole talking about you know purpose and calling and all that stuff but purpose doesn't have to mean a career you could you could spend your non quote-unquote working time in something as a hobby and, and still find purpose in it and impact with it so uh, i think it's important to give people that freedom so that's a great point um, that you that you bring up about you know it could be a hobby and you just got to make the choice what's something that's really really working for you that you've been loving that you could share with a listener a habit a practice a thing anything well one thing is there's so much social media out there and it yeah. can get really overwhelming yeah and for me i just i don't need to do it all but i pick one that I really enjoy, and I've actually met, I think you and I are sort of a product of meeting on Twitter, actually, yeah. but um, so I think pick a social media avenue that you really enjoy, that you like, and then do that and develop that. So for me, Twitter, I have a very large Twitter following, which has put me in touch with a lot of wonderful people. And I met Brian, that other wonderful person, and he introduced me to you, yes. and this is all a product of you know, a little, a little Twitter action and interaction with people on social media, yeah. but then also um, conversing in person, which is always better. That is that is brilliant advice. Definitely using, you know, narrowing down your social media to and using it not just as a time killer, but actually to meet actual human beings that you may actually wind up interacting with and supporting. Um, that's that's pretty brilliant. Uh, really good advice. So thanks for that. So what's most important, what's next? And I can't imagine what the answer to this one's going to be. <laughs> what, what is what is the next? What's next for you on the horizon? What's that big thing on the distant horizon that you know you've got in your back pocket? You may not have told anybody yet, but it's coming. Just even if you're not oh. sure. Oh, <laughs> gosh, there are so many things, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess the one thing is my my leadership book is is really something that's important to me and okay. I'm looking to do to get that book done and I do professional speaking and I know connecting that book with my speaking will help me build in that direction. Yes. So that is that is something that is really my focus for 2018 is this both this speaking more Yep. And also getting that book done as well. So those are they sort of go hand in hand in a way. I love it. Overachieving all the time. <laughs> <laughs> keep up, keep up the great work for sure. Most important question, of course, Elizabeth, is how can everyone listening get a hold of you, find out all the things you're doing, where you're speaking, the books you're writing, and just how to follow you, support you, and get support from you because. 
I, I know you've got a, you do a lot of great work and there's plenty of people that can definitely benefit from what you're doing. How can I get a hold oh, of you? And thank you. And likewise to you, Aaron. Thank you. Um, I think, well, Twitter, I mentioned, you can find me on Twitter. If you tweet me, I'll retweet you. I love doing that. And it's E C McCourt is my Twitter handle. And then you can find me on my website, which is www.mccourtleadership.com. It's M-C-C-O-U-R-T, leadership. And if you want to email me, it's Elizabeth at McCourt Leadership. So that makes it pretty easy. Awesome. Very, very cool for everybody listening. Uh, for sure, like I mentioned earlier, um, I'll make sure I, I hook up all the links to get a hold of Elizabeth uh, on AaronKeithHawkins.com. Like I said, just type Elizabeth in a search bar and you'll find everything, including the link to her amazing novel that I've got. I'm going to block out time because i got to finish that. <laughs> I just need to take a day, you know, make myself a pot of coffee and um, just go through it and, and finish the story because I am I'm deep in it. I told you I, I, I can't touch it because <laughs> if I don't make time for it, I'm just going to be blowing everything else off. It's a great story. <laughs> but uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with us and, and talking about your journey and giving us some great lessons that we can apply in our own journeys to create our own success and your what you're doing is is more than what you're doing because you're, you're doing these multiple things that are showing people that they don't have to stay in their box you know between your, your coaching and the speaking you do in the workshops you're doing and the writing and traveling you you really let people see what is possible when they decide they want to create life on their terms and success on their terms because you're oh, doing it every thank day you. so Thank you. No, Thanks. thank you for being that example. Oh, and thank you. Thank you for having me. I think I leave you with this. I feel like if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. it just just give it a try. Great advice. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. And you and I will talk very soon. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. You guys, I know there was so much to learn from Elizabeth McCourt today. And I want to say thank you publicly again to Elizabeth for joining us today. Um, I think if there's one thing that really resonated with me that I hope resonates with you is that all of us need to realize that there is no straight line or perfect path to a successful business or life. We've got to be willing to embrace our our own journeys as untraditional that as they may seem. And the one thing I'm definitely learning is that the more people I meet that are really crushing it and doing great things, all of them seem to have a story that is somehow non-traditional, which begs the question, what really is a traditional path to success? So the point being, embrace your story, embrace everything you've been through, everything you're going through right now, and create something powerful out of it. You have the opportunity to do so. I certainly plan on being here to help you through the process. And if you didn't get a chance to hop over to AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash live to learn more about the live event that I have coming up, feel free to do so now. Do so now. Yeah, I'm having a great time speaking today. It's been a weird couple weeks with me speaking. I think I, I think I got my name wrong last week. That was kind of weird. In any case, <laughs> Unbreakable Success Live. I hope you get to join me. We're going to be really working hard on confidence, uh, making connections with our with the people that we're serving and uh, the like-minded entrepreneurs, mission-driven entrepreneurs uh, like you and I. And we're doing it so we can generate the opportunity to create a bigger impact and definitely create bigger incomes uh, for our businesses so we can grow, scale, and reach more people. If that sounds like something that's valuable to you, 
uh, hop over to aaronkeithhawkins.com forward slash live. That's just L-I-V-E. And learn a little more about it. And I hope to see you there. Until next time, please make sure you're taking care of yourself, taking care of each other, and keep on creating the best life of your life. I'm Aaron Keith Hawkins, and I will talk to you soon.